Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. We're back again, and I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. Today, we're going to bring a lot of good stuff your way. We've got a few new segments we're going to try out. Now, if you found us and you're listening right now, you're either listening on Podbean, you found the link in our bio, or you're listening on the Apple Podcast app. And Cam, how about you give us a little update? A couple episodes ago, I said if we got 10 five-star reviews, I would get my hair cut into a mullet. I gave you guys till Christmas to do this. And I came home and I told my wife and she said, you're an idiot. All your friends are just going to go rate the podcast and you're going to have to get a haircut. You should have set the standard higher. So maybe I should have set the standard higher, but regardless, you guys came through, you gave us those 10 five-star reviews, five-star ratings. And so I'm going to get my haircut into a mullet. Woohoo! I'm trying to figure out when and where but it'll be soon. There'll be photo evidence on our Instagram page. So go follow Prairie Track and Field Pod on Instagram. Should it makes good. me feel good. Yeah, before and after pics and who knows, maybe maybe we'll do a little racing stripes in there just for, for the time being. Just for old who time's knows? sake. Thanks again for everybody who gave us a, a, a rating and wrote a review. Uh, continue to do that. Share the podcast on your story, tag us. We'll repost it to our story. You guys know the drill. We just really appreciate it, and we love interacting with you guys on social media. Yeah, we're going to dive into something new here. Well, it seems that the track and field world is at a standstill, it's actually picking up steam. Just this past weekend, we saw the University of North Dakota and North Dakota State University go head-to-head in a duel that took place in Fargo at the Shelley Ellig Indoor Sports Complex. There we saw NDSU come out victorious, both on the men's and women's side. And both teams were able to navigate through the pandemic and get athletes to compete and finally get on the track. Cameron, do you have any insight from that meet? Um, Just from what I've heard from the athletes, uh, everyone just super grateful to be back on the track. I watched a little bit on the live stream. Just good to see uh, people towing the start line in, in a uniform again and really putting it all out there. Just, just good to see, see those guys get after it and, and really throw down and uh, hopefully, hopefully more, more, more to come. And from what we know, there hasn't been any outbreaks of the coronavirus due to the meat. So it was not a super spreader hashtag super spreader. (laughs) So we are really pumped about that on the national scene. There was a pretty large meet that took place in California this last week. It was the track meet put on by sound running. One of North Dakota's best runners, Lexi Zeiss, was participating in the 10K. Lexi, who's from Bismarck, competed at UMary and now competes for the Roots Running Project in Boulder, Colorado, raced to a 10K personal best of 32.40. Without further ado, here is our race recap with Lexi. Lexi, coming off a great race this weekend, 10K at the Sound Running, uh, the track meet. We're just really wondering, like with all things considered, COVID the last few months, you raced the marathon Olympic trials back in February. What did the training look like for you the last few months heading into last weekend's race? Um, so I guess to start, uh, after, after the trials, we were getting ready to run some 10Ks in California, which would be like Mount Sac and all that in April. So getting ready for like the U.S. track trials. And after the trials, 
I got back and well, I actually like, I was, so I went to Arizona for a few days. So I was like in all the areas, like I was in Seattle the week, two weeks before. So I was like in all these hotspot areas that like where COVID like was like hitting the most. And I was like kind of shocked. I was kind of shocked not <laughs> that I did not get it. I got back and I went to work and we were training. Training was actually going pretty good after the trials. But then all of a sudden, everything started shutting down. Like, then I got not furloughed right away at my job, but we, like, stopped. We were still running as a team. But then soon as, like, they started putting the restrictions on how many people can be together, we decided to just, like, train on your own or just train with who you live with right now. And so I ended up actually going home back to North Dakota, which was supposed to be two weeks, but it ended up being two months. I came back back in June. Yeah, it was like June, I believe. Before we can meet, we were like going to start meeting as a team. But before we can meet as a team, our coach made us get like COVID tested like twice. And then anytime any of us leave to go somewhere, we have to get tested again before we start practicing with the team. It hasn't really been easy these past couple months. I've not really been 100% healthy. So like, I think just where I'm at now with it, it's been really good in a way that I've been able to focus a little bit more on building mileage and not racing as much and just focusing on that. Okay, real quick. A buff, is that the neck gator The neck thing? gator, yeah. Oh, man. It's Colorado slang. Can't keep up with it. <laughs> I mean, Ryan, have you, have you never watched Survivor, Ryan? <laughs> no, yeah. I haven't. Come on, man. Uh, Cam, you've watched too much Survivor. You've watched, like, every season, right? Uh, I'm getting there. It's been, like, my quarantine, like, binge. So <laughs> I used to watch that growing up, so I probably should maybe start watching it again. My, like, sixth birthday was a Survivor birthday party. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, jump back bro- in. <laughs> my brother just brought this up the other day. It was, like, they're on, like, the, something ridiculous, like, the 83rd season of Survivor. Like, it's not that much, but it's crazy. <laughs> 40. <laughs> so when you were at the track meet, what you've mentioned, like having to test so you can like train with your teammates, but did they make any specific precautions at this meet? Did you have to get so many negative tests or quarantine for so long? Yeah. So actually under USA guidelines, you have to get tested. If it's a USA track meet sanctioned race, meet, any of that stuff, you have to get tested twice, seven days out from the event. So you have to get tested twice in a 24-hour period. And let me tell you, I've been tested like 15 times, and it does not get any better, that thing getting shoved <laughs> up your nose. It does not get any better. It is so bad. Um, I, I sneeze, like, constantly after they're done doing it, and uh, I feel so bad. But So, yeah, you have to do that. And then you get there, you get temperature check. You have to have a mask on at all times unless you're racing. You get ready to race. You keep your mask on until basically the official says, hey, you can take it off. And then, like, there's no spectators, but coaches and agents were there. Um, and then people that technically were part of the weekend in a way. So, like, some like people that race, like, the day before, they could come in because they have the bracelet or whatever that you had to have to get in. But there's people, like, standing outside the meet. There's a big fence around it, and people can watch so the only reason why people found out about the location, so nobody knew about the location until the day 
two days before the meet or the day before the meet. But if you look at the video that USA was doing or Flow Track was doing, the name of the school is on the track. People that were watching the 5K saw the name, probably looked it up and was like, hey, I know where this is. Like, I'm going to drive there. And like some people drove like 45 minutes to come watch, but they had to stand outside. Wow. But then, so back to like racing. So as soon as your meet, your heat is done and you're like, everyone's standing on the finish line. There's a people that are like basically kicking us out of the finish line area. For me, I had basically a teammate, not in the heat after, but I had teammates in the other heat. So I was there the whole time. So I was able to stay and watch. So Lexi, obviously huge, huge PR for you uh, in the 10K, 40 seconds, just further cementing yourself as the fastest North Dakotan over 10K. Why don't you just walk us through the race, how you were feeling and kind of your reaction after. Going into the race, like I was feeling pretty good. Just normal nerves, I guess. First race back, like, oh man, do I remember how to race? Like really race on a track. Basically, the race plan was just to not let a gap form, like stay with that front group. At the start of the race, you know, gun goes off, like, oh man, time to start racing again. Like, it's time to see what I can do. And I knew I could PR, but I didn't know how much I could PR. We've been doing workouts based off of 77 uh, seconds, which is 325 pace, which is the U.S. trial standard. So they had two pacers and they started out really good, like 77, 78 with like the first lap. And I kind of in the second lane a little bit, like I was having a hard time trying to get behind somebody. It was around maybe lap six, seven, that like, that's when it started to finally like get single file line. I was in the back of the first of the lead group, but around, I want to say it was like around the, 10th lap or so things started to like break apart people were like shifting really differently we went through the 5k mark actually i technically pr'd in the 5k for outdoors during this 10k so so, because my time is 16 20 like 23 or something for outdoor and i ran 16 17 through the first 5k right Um, on so that was kind of exciting after through the 5k, we were still hitting like 77, 78s. I had a couple 76s, but like in the past, my, in a 10k, I always hit a dead spot for some reason between like the 17th to like the 21st lap. That's kind of like where you really have to like stay strong. And this time I would like, I can tell just by building mileage that I felt stronger than normal. Um, so I was able to control it a lot better towards the end of the last five laps, I hit a couple 80s in there, but that was still okay. Um, I kind of lost, I was trying to catch up to the first group, but it was, I was just not, not getting there. (laughs) So I was just like, okay, let's see what I can do now. And my coach was yelling me, splitting, giving me splits every, every lap. And between a 76 and an 80 was good. Like nothing slower than that and not going faster than a, than a 76 at the in the middle of the race at least so like I said I had a couple 80s in there if I take away those 80s and I was like running 76s I or 78s I would have probably been right around the Olympic trial standard the last lap I was able to close strong which makes me happy to know that I can still like close pretty strong with that and 
I wore those new Nike Nike spikes with like the AirPods in the front. The Dragonfly? Not the Dragonfly, it's the other one. Okay. Um, they definitely make you want to run on your toes. I can tell you that. <laughs> like they make mm-hmm. you like get up onto your toes. I mean, overall, it kind of like during that race, you kind of just forget about everything that's going on in the world at that moment. Like with everything that we're dealing with right now, it was just good to race and like be out there with all those other fast women and opportunities have been so limited that like, like, like people are just like ready to race. They've been waiting a long time. Yeah, exactly. So Lexi, you, you got the marathon project coming up. Uh, There's been a lot of hype around it. I'm super excited for it. What are your expectations? What are you looking forward to? How are you feeling? I'm getting excited. Like the last marathon, I wasn't hitting as high of mileage. I ran like five, maybe a couple more miles of 20 mile runs this time around going in and like hitting higher mileage. Things just click a lot better and I'm able to like maintain the pace that we're shooting for. This course is flat, like flat as a pancake. It's going to be a fast course and there's going to be some fast times, like possibly even the American record might be broken. We don't know. Let's, I'm hoping to see it. I think it's a good race to end the year on for a lot of people. And I think in a way we, we need it for running a running community. Like I'm, I miss like a race happening every weekend or some cheering somebody on and like all that stuff. So I think just like as a whole, it's going to bring us together even more. And I do believe this last meet, this 10K and 5Ks this past weekend also brought the whole running community back together. Ugh, I can't explain it very well, but I, I can picture it in my head. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I'm excited. I'm I'm just ready to go out there and race and like see what I really can do. Like the trials, yeah, that was fun. Like I got to run in it, but like I wasn't fully prepared in a way to run like as fast as I know I can. Like I ran 2:45, and like that's good. But I know like I know I can run faster. We don't want to keep you super long, but. Thank you so much for taking some time to join us. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. This is great, Lexi. Thanks for uh, giving us a little insight. And we'll definitely have to have you back on to hear more about how things are going and kind of how you got to where you are. So I'm looking forward to that eventually. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to be back on again. Again, big thanks to Lexi for coming on the podcast and sharing her experience at the Sound Running Track Meet. We're so excited to see runners from North Dakota continuing on with their careers and there's no one who's doing it better than she is right now. So definitely go follow her on Instagram, follow her journey, and we are going to hear a lot more from her in the future. With that, we are going to move on to a new segment called Spike Bag, where we answer listener questions that have been submitted on our Instagram yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to answer, answer the questions and, and see what, what the people want to know. So, uh, Ryan, you want to, you want to dig your hand in the spike bag and uh, pull out the first question. What advice would you give to someone new to the running scene? Where do you start? What do you work on? Et cetera. Cam, we'll let you dive into that one. You're more of the yeah. distance runner in our tandem. I, I mean, the first, first thing you got to work on, I would say is consistency, just getting out the door, 
uh, as many days of the week as possible. It doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be every other day. Right at the beginning, just getting your foot out the door and making that commitment to yourself that, hey, this is something I want to do, and it's not going to be comfortable right away. I'm probably going to hate it for a long time, but I see the value and I see the benefit of doing it, and I'm willing to do it. So I guess the, the very first thing is, is establishing what you're hoping to get out of it. Work on finding, finding a joy and, and like a love for what you do because running is hard. Running is not the easiest or most fun workout just for a workout to do. So really find what motivates you and have fun with it. It, it doesn't have to be a, a death march on the treadmill every single day. Ryan, this, I want to I wanna kind of take this listener question a little different direction, if we can. Mm-hmm. So just to repeat the question, it says, what advice would you give to someone new to the running scene? Where do you start? What do you work on? But what if someone is new to the running scene as a fan and they want to follow the sport as a fan? Where should they start? Tough time in a pandemic to get excited about track and field. Now, I know last weekend's meet, UND versus NDSU, there was a live stream available. I think we're going to see a lot of that this indoor season. So be on the lookout for your local university and see if there's an opportunity to watch. Right now, with some of our bigger track meets not happening, I don't know if I would necessarily recommend subscribing to a bigger subscription right now, like a, a flow track or a runner space. Pretty good platforms, but not a lot of content right now. So maybe hold off on that. I know one thing I really enjoy doing is going and watching old races. So like maybe type in YouTube 2019 world championships and just see what pops up. If you're a big fan of the throws add a shot put on the end of that YouTube search and you can watch the whole competition or the mile or whatever race you're interested in, but make sure that you are yeah, diving in. Do might have to do a little backlogging right now with COVID happening, but if you're a fan and you want to get more engaged, there's some really good content out there. Ryan, if there was one event or one race that you know can be found on YouTube or anywhere that you would point people to, to say, watch this race, this gets me fired up. This is track maybe at its best. Uh, what do you think that would be? One would be 2012 Olympic trials in the decathlon 1500 meter race, Ashton Eaton chasing a world record in the final event. That's a really good one to get you fired up. Another distance running one would be watching the 2019 U.S. Outdoor Championships 1500 race. Good little duel at the end with Craig Engels and Matt Centrowitz. And if you're a field event fan, anytime you can watch Barshim from Qatar, high jump, that's always great to watch. So watch him, watch some of the long jump competitions and just a great opportunity to go back and get familiar with some of the events and the jargon or the words that are used in the commentary. Our next spike bag question uh, is this. You guys mentioned the Matahe Trail on one of your podcasts. I'm new to North Dakota and would really like to check out that trail area. Where would you recommend starting from? There's a great summer series called the Matahe Trail Run Series. And each summer they have a different variety of races ranging from a 5K all the way to doing the whole trail, which is 106 miles. So you can take any distance in between. When I was looking at this, I noticed all of the races either started on the Buffalo Gap Trail or they at some point wove onto the Buffalo Gap Trail. 
Now that trail was an offshoot of the Madahe. Here's a little fun fact for you. You can't bike on the Madahe through Theodore Roosevelt National Park. So what they've done is they've added this Buffalo Gap Trail, which if I'm not mistaken, about 23 miles. And it's a bypass for cyclists that want to keep going. There's a Buffalo Gap Trailhead that you can find. Just type that into Google Maps and it'll take you there. Now, here is the secret. Now, I really dove in to have to find this one. Cam, have you ever heard of Devil's Pass before? No, I haven't. In my research, the pictures looked amazing. It's like a pretty good secret in the Madahe. It's located between miles 100 and 101. Now, if you start at the Magpie Trailhead, there's a campground there. There's a trailhead there. If you start at the Magpie Trailhead, head west, kind of southwest, that's at about mile between 105 and 106. If you're looking for a good 10-miler, go out five miles. You can walk right out onto Devil's Pass, get this magnificent view of the Badlands, and then work your way back. And that is what they say is one of the, like, the best-kept secrets on the Madahe. It looks otherworldly. Looks, yeah. That was a good word. That was a really good word. Otherworldly. I used magnificent. That sounds like I used the word good after I heard otherworldly. (laughs) So thanks for submitting that question, Sid. If you have any questions in the upcoming weeks that you want us to address in Spike Bag in our new segment, please drop them in the DMs on Instagram. We'd love to answer your questions for you, whether it's something like how do I get started running or a place in North Dakota to run? We love talking about running whatever the context is so we're going to head into our final segment for today and we're calling this new segment hit the standard now what we're going to do and hit the standard is cam and i are going to take a look at a product related to the track and field world now this might be something you see online might be something you find in your local running store so cam tell us about the product that we're going to be testing in our first segment ever of hit the standard Our first Hit the Standard segment features a a local product, actually. It's called Cramp-Aid. Fort's drink, uh, I got the lemon-lime variety here. Let me just read they got on the back here. Cramp-Aid, based on science, not sweat. What started as a simple experiment by a medical school professor to help prevent a lifetime of chronic cramping is now available to you, Cramp-Aid. I mean, it's supposed to be like a like a Gatorade, Gatorade plus, you know, or like something more scientific than Gatorade. What, what flavor do you have there, Ryan? Do you, are you rocking the lemon lime? I'm also rocking the lemon lime. Now, a lot of people would say that it might not have a ton of flavor compared to a Gatorade or a Powerade. The taste of Gatorade and Powerade is awesome. But sometimes when you're working out, it's almost overwhelming. Like I think of before a 1500 in the decathlon, I want to drink something that's not water to like just kind of give me a little, I don't know, a little kick. But Gatorade and, and Powerade is almost too sugary. Ryan, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig in here. I'm gonna actually have some right now. Give you give everybody like a live taste test. So I mean one scoop, everybody knows the rules. And you just dump it in your glass of water. So I'm gonna mix it up here and we'll see. We'll see what what should I expect here, Ryan? If this, if this were my first time having cramp aid, I'm mixing it up right now. Prepare me, mentally prepare me. You're my, you're, coach me through this. Cramp aid is the LaCroix of sports drinks. Okay. I love LaCroix. I love LaCroix. Now, a lot of people would say that there's, there's not a lot of taste, but that's the point with LaCroix. You're not drinking a sugary drink. 
you're having something refreshing, it's good. And that's the same with cramp aid. So if you're trying, if you're about to drink this and expecting a Gatorade or a Powerade taste, this isn't the product for you. But if you're looking for something to like sip on before you're about to go out for a run or when you finish up a workout, I like to drink it throughout the day. Like if I do a hard workout in the morning, I love to sip on cramp aid as the day goes on. I'm mixed up, ready to go. And this is lemon lime? This is lemon lime, yep. Is it otherworldly? I wouldn't say otherworldly. You're right, it, I mean, it's good. It's refreshing. I'm not gonna like have friends over and say, hey, you guys want something to drink? I got milk, I got apple juice, I got cramp aid. I'm not gonna offer this to anybody as like a recreational like beverage. But I mean, when you're thirsty, especially, I mean, let me say this, especially in the summer, when it's humid, you just get back from a run or a workout or like a lift or something. But the last thing you want to drink is water. And that's where, I mean, I agree with you, like a LaCroix is just so refreshing because it's just a little bit different. This just hits the spot. And knowing that it's engineered to replenish the things that, that you lose in, in working out, you can be confident in your body. So I will say when I, when I use it this summer, I would get up, run in the morning, sweat, hammer some cramp aid, and then, you know, go throughout my day, work in a warehouse, sweat some more. Uh, but that, that glass of cramp aid, true, like truly it did, like just got me back on like the hydration wagon uh, and replaced that, the deficit that I was in. No lie, big fan of cramp aid. I really do like it. And a lot of people believe in it. There's a lot of uh, NHL players that are sponsored by cramp aid or endorsed by cramp aid that swear by it a lot. It's making its way into the collegiate level too. I know University of North Dakota is starting to buy into cramp aid a little bit more, their hockey team. And, and that was kind of their focus right away was focused on hockey because that's what its creators, they're big fans. But as a runner, I think this would be a great product. If you're looking for something that's maybe not quite as overpowering as a Gatorade or a Powerade, cramp aid might be the one for you. So in this segment, we're calling it hit the standard. We're going to give it a standard that we think this hits. Now, this could range from qualifying for your JV middle school meet to hitting the Olympic standard. So there is a lot of potential for whatever product we're reviewing. Cam, what kind of standard would you say Cramp Aid hits? Cramp Aid would qualify for the NCAA East region in the steeplechase. Ryan, what, what standard does Cramp Aid hit for you? Cramp Aid has advanced through the West Preliminaries meet in the Javelin. It's made the final of the NCAA meet, and it's finishing first-team All-American for me. Wow. Good showing from Cramp Aid. So that's going to do it for us today. Thank you for listening. Before we go, we just want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors. Thank you so much to Cedic Run. We were there at the new shop downtown in Grand Forks on Small Business Saturday, and it was absolute blast. I flipped some pancakes. Cam flipped some pancakes. Cam ate a lot of pancakes. Looks great. If you need a Christmas gift for the runner or the thrower or the jumper in your life, go to Cedic Run. Richard will hook you up. Tell him that we sent you, and he'll probably throw in some free run gum for you. Cedic Run, where life and running intersect. We also want to give a quick shout out to Ragnarok Athletic Club. If you are an athlete looking for some winter training plans, you have no idea what to do, 
you just know that you want to get after it, reach out to Ragnarok Athletic Club. Ragnarok provides opportunities for track and field athletes of all ages to continue competing, whether you are young or old, whether you are a track athlete or a field athlete. So if you're looking for some sort of winter training plan, be sure to reach out to Ragnarok Athletic Club. Finally, we want to say thank you to Draymond Enterprises, innovation reimagined. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening.